Good morning, Cross Point. Got a good, good-looking group of kids, don't we? God has truly blessed us. You're, you're welcome. Good morning and welcome to what we call India Sunday. We try to do this at least once a year. I, we may be a year behind. I know there's a number of you that are already familiar with what India Sunday is all about, but there are a lot of new people that maybe aren't aware. And so to keep us up to date and current, we try to do this because we want people to feel good about their giving and where their money is going. Not just, such a, not just a one-time gift, but month after month after month. Know that the work of the Lord is taking place halfway around the world, the other side of the world. And speaking of the other side of the world, we have a special guest with us this morning who has traveled all the way from Chennai, India to be with us. He spoke during the Bible class hour, and his name is Nachi Lazarus. Let's give him a warm Whittier welcome. Now, as you know, David and Joanne Duran recently made a trip to India. And while they were in India, they um, went to the compound, COCO, Church of Christ Charitable Organization, something that we got started a number of years ago. You've got a complete history this morning in your bulletin, and it tells you all about it. But while they were there, they put together, they took a lot of video, and they condensed that down to about 10 minutes. And uh, we want to show you that video here in just a moment, just to give you a little flavor of what it's like uh, in this place that we've been supporting for for so long. And uh, whenever you go to Madhrapakam, where the, the compound is, you have to fly into Chennai. And it will start with them taking their, their ride to Coco through Chennai. And then I like the way it kind of ends. Um, you're going to see the children get on board a bus that David and Joanne rented for $45. And all the kids go to the river and they have a wonderful time, have a little picnic there of rice and, and what have you. And, um, and then after that, we'll just kind of go in order. You guys will, like David, you're going to come up and share. Then Joanne, Nachi has a few words and then David. And then I'll finish us off with the Great Commission. So at this time, if we're all queued up, Ron, go ahead and make the video happen. Morning, church family. It, uh, I would like to read a scripture to you. Uh, in, in Hebrews 4, 12, it says that the word of God is living and active. And, uh, and certainly when we were in India, we saw that the word of God was living and certainly was active. Um, you know, when we were there, we were treated like uh, royalty. You know, uh, I don't know if you saw one of the pictures, but they, they even put these little... Of flowery things on us, and uh, I mean, they, they were just—they uh, were so kind to us. They were so giving to us. They, they were—I uh, uh, mean, it was an incredible time to be there. Um, you know, when we we went to the orphanage that we had heard about uh, from when we were here, and uh, there's about 35 orphans that they take care of, and uh, in addition to that, they also have. They also take care of widows. They also have a medical ministry, uh, as you saw in the video. And uh, they also have a Bible college, you know. And so it's, it's an incredible thing. Um, you know, there's, uh, 
they make they make uh, pots of food in these big pots this big um, to feed like probably you know the the 35 uh, 40 people that are that are there or 45 people um, their kitchen is outside and they cook in uh, with wood outside you know and most of the kids speak English you know I guess they're they're taught English in school uh, not only do they, they do they get t- taught English in school but also they they practice their English because they're giving they're given memory scriptures you know and, and when they were they were when we were there um, all of the kids would come up and they would share a memory scripture and uh, the older ones had the memory scriptures down you know you know you can tell that they'd been practicing for a while the the younger kids whenever they would make make a mistake uh, you'd have some of the older kids in the back telling them and in Christ's name you know they would whisper out the answers for them you know so it, it was an incredible experience for us to go down there and see. You know, there, there are a lot of needs down there. Um, there was this van out there that when we showed up, the tires had been blown out. At least two of the four tires had been blown out. They hadn't used the van in like, you, you know, nine months or six months or something like that. Um, and they used to use that van to go pick up the uh, widows from surrounding villages. Um, there was also a washing machine there. Um, actually, there was two washing machines. The, the, the newer washing machine, which was 14 years old, um, was broken down. The older washing machine didn't even look like a washing machine. It was parts missing all over the place. But, but they were a little embarrassed because, you know, they, uh, they wanted to get it to work and it, and it hadn't been working. I, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure, but I think this is one, a washing machine that maybe... Keith or somebody helped purchase when he was there the last time. Um, and, and anyways, you know, washing clothes by hand is not unheard of down in, in India, you know. Uh, but probably for a family of seven, not a family of 45, you know. Um, and so uh, there was a lot of things that we saw when we were there. You know, when, when before I left, Keith uh, told me, say, you know, he said, David, you know, they're going to ask you to preach on Sunday. You know, so I was ready with a lesson. And, um, uh, you know, but, but after church, I, I preached, you know, you know how you feel when you, you preach, you're like, oh, man, I got, I got through that. After church, um, all of the women kind of congregated over here in one area, and then all of the men kind of congregated over here in the other area. And as we were walking down there, uh, Dr. Huber tells me, okay, so what lesson are you going to give now to the men? I, you know, I... Yeah, yeah, well, it's, you know, uh, so, so I was really hoping that the Spirit was guiding me, because honestly, I, w- I wasn't quite prepared, you know, and uh, when we went to the medical ministry, you know, they took us to these different villages also, and, and what they do in the medical ministry is that they go out and they, they provide medical services to the people in need, and also take that opportunity to preach the word to them. As we're getting into the van also to go to the medical ministries, they said, we're going to go visit three villages, and uh, you need to have three lessons. Again, I wasn't ready. And then after, you know, when we're driving, he says, well, 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 you don't have to have three lessons. Just have one lesson. Give it three times, he said. 
So anyways, I was really hoping that, that the Spirit would be working in there. But when we, when we got there to, 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 the, different, uh, to the different churches, um, you know, it was, it was amazing the people that congregated for the medical ministry. It was amazing that people congregated to hear the word being preached. And, and you know, it's, it's an incredible thing what they are doing down there. They are providing for not only the physical needs of the people by feeding them and providing them med- medical uh, supplies and helping the widows and all of those things. But in addition to that, really what impacted my heart the most, really the, the, the point of all of that was the spiritual feeding that they received down there. You know, people were hungry to hear the word of God. People were hungry to know about Jesus. In addition to uh, the Dr. Hubert and his whole family providing medical ministry, they also wanted people to pray for them, knowing that, you know, medicine can only do so much, but they, they needed that spiritual healing. And so really I think it's, it's, that's what we can provide for them, you know, being able to give to them spiritual food. Uh, at this time, I wanted to ask my wife to come up and share a few words. morning church family I hope you like the video I took a ton of it and uh, the whole time we were there I was thinking that I wanted to document everything that we were seeing so that you could be as encouraged as we were while we were there and today I just want to take a few moments to share some of the highlights of the trip Uh, I've been waiting for weeks to do this and uh, the whole time I was there I just couldn't wait to get back and share some of these stories with you So when we first arrived, just like Dave said, um, they treated us as if the president was coming. We arrived, and all of the kids were in their Sunday best. Actually, everyone was in their Sunday best. They were all seated in nice little rows in their chairs, and uh, they each came up and introduced themselves. They recited scriptures for us. They sang Christian songs in their language and in English, and they even did a Bollywood dance for us, which you saw a little bit of that on the video. And, you know, as we were touring around the compound, I was continually struck by what a strong presence our church has over there. From the moment you arrive, you see this big iron gate, and it says Church of Christ Charitable Organization in big letters. And then you come inside, and you see the beautiful bright white church, which you can see from far away as you're approaching, with big blue letters, Church of Christ. And it has a marquee out in front, as you probably saw, and it says, um, donated by the Whittier Church of Christ. And then we went over to the girls' dorm, and I saw another sign on the wall there, and it said, on the top line, it says, Church of Christ. And then the second line said, New Life, Children's Home. And I thought, huh, Church of Christ, New Life. And if I ever had a doubt about these two churches merging, it disappeared in that very moment. (laughs) And then we went over to the boys' dorm, and we walked through there, and on the door it said Whittier Bible College, which you saw that in the video as well. And it was a small little room. It really probably just held supplies, but still the sign was there and the presence was there. And then it struck me that these are my kids. This is my church. 
This is my family. I'm sorry, I'm just crying all over the place today. And all at once I felt this deep sense of responsibility, and I knew that I had to do whatever I could to help that ministry continue. But as time went on, I began to see some other things as well. For example, the Sunday best clothing became the Monday best, and then the Tuesday best, and the Wednesday best. And I realized that they really didn't have very many clothes. And they also didn't wear shoes. And the only time that I saw them wear shoes was when they were going to school, and that was because the government gave them a uniform and a pair of shoes to wear. The shower rooms seemed to go unused, and I found out later that they don't have any hot water for the children, so they just really just wash up in a little hose spigot with cold water out in the outside. Um, the dorms have these metal beds, which you saw in the video as well, but they have no sheets, no mattresses, no pads, no blankets, no pillows. And all I could think of was Leanne wanting to make, she's a member here, and she wanted to make pillowcases for the kids. And then there was a night that I saw the four little girls uh, go over to the corner of the little living room there and lay a, a mat down, and they laid down to go to sleep in their clothes. No blankets, no pillows. They didn't really have anything. And I wanted so badly to take a blanket and cover them up. Sorry. But it was really awkward because I didn't want to imply to Dr. Hubert that I didn't think he was doing a good job with the kids, so I didn't. But the next morning I woke up really early and it was so cold. And so I grabbed a blanket. Sorry. And I went out to cover them, but they were already up and gone. But that very day we made a plan with Dr. Hubert to go to Chennai and do some shopping for the kids. And with the help of a donor, we did. We went and bought enough blankets and pillows and mats so that the two kids could share one pillow and one blanket. And that was a gift that my boss uh, gave to us. Uh, he's not a member and he's not even a Christian, but he believes in the mission. And uh, the night before we left for India, Dave and I went to the dollar store right over here to get some school supplies and, and some candies for the kids. And, and I found this, um, this plastic bag full of these really brightly colored uh, bendy straws. And I thought, oh, the kids are going to love these, right? So we packed them up in the suitcases. And that first Sunday that we were there after church, they were planning this big event, right? And so we go outside, and, and they're sitting on the the cement on the side of the church. And the big event was for us to hand out one straw and one pencil to each of the kids. And that was the big event. And I just couldn't get over how excited they were to receive those little things. And all I could think of was I paid $1 for this bag of straws. And it, it just hit me again that I could do so much with so little. And that was the recurring theme that happened throughout this visit to Coco. And there's so much good going on there. There's, um, if you saw in your, your bulletin today, oops, there's an insert here. And I crammed as much information on here as I could without you having to use a magnifying glass so that you can understand all the wonderful uh, ministries that are going on there. The children's home, as my husband mentioned, the medical clinic, uh, and the Bible college. Um, and all of this happens with the $1,300 a month that this church sends. And uh, we really, this church is the only consistent source of 
support that that ministry is getting right now. So they feed all those kids. Everything that they do over there comes from that $1,300 that you all are, are sending there. And we've seen it firsthand. They really are just barely getting by uh, with just the bare necessities. So I want to ask you today if you would please make a pledge, search your heart, and if you look in front of you on the pews, there's a pledge card. And if you take that out and look at it with me, um, it's the little white card right there where the India Fund envelopes are. And we've put some amounts in here, but if these don't match the amount that you'd like to give, please feel free to write in whatever you'd like. And if you're a regular giver already, you can please fill one of these out as well. That will help us to understand how, many, how much uh, we'll be collecting every month. And if this isn't a good time for you to make a monthly contribution and you'd like to do a one-time only gift, please do so. No amount is too small. Every little bit helps. And there's even a little tear-off portion here for you so that you can keep track and put it on your refrigerator so you don't forget. And uh, today, during the last song, the ushers are going to be uh, passing the tray again and collecting your pledge cards. So I'm really hoping that we give so much that we're able to up our support to $2,000 a month. And there are other ways to help, too. We'll be planning some special projects uh, to do things like get the hot water for the children and repair the roof over there and other things. So if you'd like to be involved in any one of those projects, please let me know. And I have so many other stories to tell and uh, if you have any questions or anything, I'll have a little table out here in the breezeway. Please stop by and say hello. Thank you. My name is Nachi Lazarus, like Bruce introduced. I'm from Chennai, the place that you just saw. Um, I just want to say thank you for all that you've done, all that this church has done over the last few years. I um, last many, many years since 2002, much, much, much more than that. I, um, I, I'm really thankful that Tony, we connected through work, and I didn't know about uh, Dr. Hubert until he told me, even though I live in Chennai. So I'm, I'm really thankful that we connected and I, um, and I got to know how much we are connected. And uh, I came here last year and I, and I just to realize that there was a church that is supporting uh, the missions that happen in my city is just, uh, just mind-blowing. So I first want to thank you uh, for your seeds. Thank you for all the, uh, all the seeds that you've sown into my city and my country. And I want to say thank you on uh, being an Indian, being uh, coming from Chennai. Uh, on behalf of my people, I want to say thank you to every every one of you sitting here. And um, I'm going to ask you uh, for one more thing. So um, Joanne clearly said why you need to support and what, what an impact it makes. Um, I, I totally uh, agree and. Yeah, Bruce has given me an assignment saying uh, why why you should sub, why India missions are important. That was that's what you wanted me to speak on. But uh, you know why it is important. You saw the video. You saw the people. Uh, but I just want to give you a, an inside picture of India and what's going on. Because some of you may be following news. Some of you may, may know a little bit about India. But uh, I just want to give you an insider view in a few minutes. 
India is in a very. I earlier I shared with the group in uh, in the other other place uh, about what's happening in the country. It's in a very interesting situation. We are econ economically growing very fast. Uh, we are one of the fastest growing economies in the world. There is a big boom in terms of work and in industries and and a billion people, uh, of whom majority are young. We have the largest young people population in the world and 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 most of us are are really uh, our eyes are being opened and and there are, there are two sides to india that i want you to understand uh, i'll tell you why why i'm explaining this in a minute one side india is having this great growth and you hear india as as a, as a emerging uh, you know great economy that's influencing the world and and there is a lot of great things on the other side is what you see here which is a stark reality that millions and millions of people are still poor and educated they do not know uh, uh, they're still finding their way around and 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 struggling to meet even the basic needs so there is this big disparity in in this and and uh, india is in a is in a state where many most of the people are getting educated their eyes are opening i'm giving you this background because what i'm going to ask you apart from in addition to uh, you uh, in if you're moved by the spirit to give more which is just obeying the scriptures of uh, sowing and reaping because genesis chapter 8 verse 22 says as long as there earth exists seed time and harvest day and night and morning and uh, evening will will be there the bible says that god says that so sowing and reaping of financial seed is very very important but i'm going to ask you uh, if you're moved by the spirit i'm going to ask you for one more thing please spend a few minutes every week praying for the eyes of understanding for india indians to open because financial help is very important and it helps people and you saw how it's going to help right from buying a blanket it's going to be very very important but a in addition to that please pray that more indians will the eyes of the understanding will open and they will see jesus christ as their lord and savior i do not come from a christian family i was the first christian in my house i shared my story uh, earlier and today i uh, i'm able to see such hope and and there is so much happening because i have the holy spirit living in me i have christ guiding me i uh, my, my life is full of hope i got out of a huge financial crisis in my life um I, because of the help that god gave me and and because of the scriptures understanding of the scriptures so financial gifts are fantastic and very important to meet the basic needs but if the eyes of the people are opened to understand scriptures and if they are able to see that they need jesus then their lives are going to be completely changed upside down and india is in a state where we need jesus going forward we need jesus in in many many i can go on and on about why we need jesus so one of your greatest contributions to our country and our people will be that few minutes maybe 5 minutes a week just praying for our nation pray for our people and and just pray that god opens the eyes of our understanding so that all of us a billion people will be able to see that we need jesus and we will be able to go forward uh, and and build the kingdom uh, pray for all our missions pray for dr hubert and uh, all the missionaries and all the people who are working in our nation 
And once again, I, I thank you. I appreciate uh, the, uh, all the seeds that you've sown. And the Bible says, no seed will go without a harvest. So I speak a blessing upon this church. I, I speak a blessing upon every one of you who have sown your time, your prayer, and your financial seed. And I pray that you will have a rich harvest in your, uh, in your spirit, soul, and body, your family, and your health, and well-being, and everything. That you will have a great harvest because you sowed into an incredible India. Thank you. Bless you guys. So if you've done what I've already done, I filled out my pledge card. Be ready during the singing of the last song. Our ushers are going to be uh, bringing out the collection plates. Put your pledges in there. Even you're saying, well, I've already been doing this. We want to know, you know, maybe we've lost track. Maybe we want to just update just to know that you're still on board doing that. So please fill this out, everyone that wants to contribute in the collection plate during the singing of the last song. Just give me a few moments because I want to talk about how great the Great Commission is. The last words that Jesus spoke before he left this world, he said, go. Go where? Go into all the world, all creation. Tell them the good news about me. Now, does that apply to Whittier? Well, yeah, of course. Does that apply to Bell Gardens? Yes, of course. Does that apply to India? Of course. It it applies to the whole. All means all. Well, how great is our Great Commission? Well, first of all, take a look up here. Who was it given by? It was given by the greatest man who ever lived, Jesus Christ. And who was it given to? It was given to the greatest institution ever to exist. What is that institution? Folks, it's us, the church, the church of the living God. God entrusted the gospel to his church. He did not commission the government to share the gospel. He did not commission the schools to share the gospel. It is not the responsibility of the corporations to share the gospel. He gave it to his church. Now, how faithful are we? Let's take this personable. How faithful are we at sharing that gospel? See, certain things have not changed in our world. Our mandate has not changed. The mandate is still go. Our master has not changed. God is not dead. Remember a number of years ago on Time Magazine, it said God is dead. Someone called Billy Graham that morning. He said, hey, did you see Time Magazine today? He said, no. What, What did it say? It said God's dead. I love what Billy Graham answered back to the reporter. He says, oh, really? That can't be. I just talked to him this morning. Our God's not dead. Our God's not even sick, folks. He's entrusted his gospel to his church. Our message has not changed. It is still the power of God unto salvation. I love Nachi's uh, testimony this morning. If you missed that in in the green room today in the Sojourner's classroom, you missed a real treat. And to pray, one of the most important things you heard today in addition to money is to pray that the spiritual eyes will be opened. Like Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. Finally, he has these scales on his eyes, but they get removed by the Holy Spirit. 
Somebody must have been praying for Saul. Somebody must have been praying for Nachi. Somebody must have been praying for India. That's what we need. We need to get those spiritual warfare out there so that our eyes may be open. Our method has not changed. It's still one man telling another man the story of Jesus Christ. And man has not changed. Sometimes I hear people say, Ah, it's too late for the world. Folks are just so busy. They're just so sinful. They're so caught up in materialism. Listen, God's never had a perfect person. He's never had a perfect planet. Never had a perfect world to work with. Romans 5.20 says, Where sin abounded, grace, notice, grace abounded all the more. It's interesting that in the Bible... God has always sent revival during the darkest hour. Remember the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel? Israel was in a horrible place. 450 Baal prophets come up against one prophet of God. And they say, the God who brings down fire from heaven, that's the one we'll serve. And these 450 Baal prophets are crying, cutting themselves to their God, who was really no God. But then Elijah with one word, Jehovah, boom! Down comes fire from heaven. Down comes, or up goes the sacrifice to God. Licks up the sacrifice. Licks up the altar. Licks up all the water. And a revival breaks out. Can anyone say Jonah and Nineveh? Nineveh had 40 days to exist. The prophet Jonah says, yet 40 days and Nineveh will fall. How would you like to have a prophet of God come into Whittier and say, you know, this city is so corrupt, you've got 40 more days to live. Nineveh repented in sackcloth and ashes. During their darkest days, revival broke out. And how about the city of Jerusalem? No city had ever killed more prophets of God than the city of Jerusalem. But where did the gospel begin in what city, folks? Jerusalem. Day of Pentecost, Peter gets up and preaches the very first apostolic sermon. And so, yeah, there's, these are dark times. These are the best of times. But that makes it all the more perfect for revival to break out. If God's people will stop talking about evangelism and start doing evangelism. Talk is so cheap. It reminds me of the story of the, the fella that caught more fish than anybody in the county. And uh, the game warden knew he had to be up to no good. And so the game warden asked this fella, hey, can I go fishing with you tomorrow? And he says, well, sure, but you know, I'm first one on the lake. I'm out there at 5 in the morning. Got to get up early. The game warden says, no problem. I'll be there. And so sure enough, the next morning came. They both hop in the boat, you know, motor out to the middle of the lake. And the game warden's starting to bait up his hook. You know, he's got his eye on one eye on this and one eye on this fella. And this fella reaches into his tackle box, and he pulls out a stick of dynamite. He lights it, throws it overboard, and a moment or two later, this big explosion takes place. The boat's rocking, and a minute or two later, all these dead fish come bellying up to the top of the surface. He grabs his net, starts pulling them into the boat. Well, the old game warden, he can't believe his eyes. He says, I can't believe you just did that. Do you realize how many federal laws, how many state laws, how many county laws you just broke? The old fellow, without hesitation, reaches back into his tackle box, takes out another stick of dynamite, lights it, hands it to the game warden, and says, Now, have you come to talk, or have you come to fish? 
Well, folks, that's the church. We do a whole lot of talking about evangelism, don't we? Talk, 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 talk. But when are we going to get serious about being fishers of men? Amen? Amen. That's the story. That's the message. Go ye. Here's what it means. Go ye means go me. Let's get involved. And let's start by praying. Father in heaven, thank you for each man, each woman, each boy, each girl that is in here today that heard this fabulous message about the work in India and, and, and the work that you've called us all to do, go into all the world. We pray that each one of us will take the Great Commission seriously and that we'll take it personally so that heaven will be a fuller place. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here this morning, you're subject to the Lord's invitation. It's real simple. If you want to come to know Jesus, didn't you love that river trip where David and Joanne took the kids to the river? Well, you know what? A revival took place there. And two young people were baptized into Christ. They said, I believe in Jesus. And, and, and they said, well, what do I do? He says, well, through faith, repentance, and baptism, you become a child of God, enter the kingdom of heaven. There may be those here today that want to do that as well. We're, we're, we're prepared to make that happen. Let us know right now as together we stand and as we sing to the Lord.